Come on, let's go. One, two, one. What is going on? One. All right. I don't know what's going on. Had a little issue there with the microphone. So we're back. What do I know? Crazy, crazy Thursday. I need, I got my coffee because it's rough right now and it's the afternoon and I feel like taking a nap. <laughs> it's the FA podcast, but uh, man, we got some cool stuff. Um, listen, we're going to, we're going to go like so, so deep on planting and getting your place ready if you have a place. Um, if you lease a place, if you, you know, a, a buddy's place, like whatever you hunt, whatever you do, uh, I'm going to get Chris on the phone in a little bit. River Refuge Seed Company, incredible stuff. So uh, big shout outs to the folks that keep this thing going and support Final Approach and everything that we're all about. Uh, Benelli uh, is top of the list. And I'm going to tell you right now, which is absolutely bananas is that I have uh, in my possession I just picked them up at the store yesterday at the gun shop two super black eagles in the best coating the best series and I, I, I mean honest to God like this is crazy but I haven't even gotten them out of the box yet and I'm, I'm mad at myself I just picked them up yesterday afternoon so it's been 24 hours that they're sitting with no hands on them and I'll, I'll throw something up on, um, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, so you guys could see them. I'll probably do like a video to run through everything. Cause it's, those things are absolutely sick. So I, I can't wait to, uh, get cracking on those, uh, federal ammunition, my buddy JJ and everybody over there. That's always taking care of us. My buddy Rob up at Ranchland Outfitters. And of course, uh, a slew of others that, that throw in and help us. Mossy Oak, Loopold, Camp Chef, Benchmade, uh, Pattermaster. Uh, I got friends like Alex at Gundog Outdoors and, of course, Delta Waterfowl and a bunch of other people that just, uh, man, are just are supporting us and doing our thing as we, you know, try to make our way back to, uh, you know, where, where we used to be as a brand for Final Approach. So let me, uh, let me get Chris on the phone. We're going to talk some seed. We're going to talk planting. We're going to talk all the stuff that you need to do um, to get your place ready. And I got to make sure his. Hey, Chris, you there? Yeah. All right, hold on, because I'm having some a little bit of issues with this thing. All right. Oh, I can hear you. Okay, let's. Uh, I think we're good. 
Okay. All right. You'll just have to speak up a little bit, and 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 I'll have to and I'll have to tone it down. Okay. Alrighty. Because <laughs> that's that's usually what happens. That's usually what happens with me. I gotta I gotta tone down. You gotta tone up. So. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. <clears throat> okay. So we got Chris from River Refuge Seed Company, and uh, you know, Chris, you guys have. I mean, if you want to go into the history of, of what you guys know, so I, I guess what I'm getting at is so, you know, listen, if you're not if you're not out here, you know, in the West and haven't, you know, dealt with you guys, mm-hmm. you know, they might not know how, you know, in tune you guys are. This isn't like a West Coast planning thing. This isn't a this is this is planned for waterfowl. And you guys also have upland and big game stuff so if you want to go into a little bit of history just so people you know give us give us a brief you know background just so everybody knows how long you guys have been doing this and sure you know go ahead yeah absolutely so yeah it it really uh it all started with my grandfather Um, he's always had a a love and passion uh for waterfowl hunting and and just wildlife in general and he's originally from uh um, the Bay Area down in California, um, grew up hunting, you know, around Grizzly Island down there in California, oh, yeah. California, and um, kind of migrated up this way into Oregon in the uh, uh, early 80s, um, and, uh, um, you know, kind of had some hobby farming going on early um, with a little bit of property, um, uh, then got into some more property, a couple hundred acres right on the Willamette river here in the Valley. And, um, you know, did some other conventional farming and stuff, but, um, you know, always with that underlying passion for the, for the waterfowl and trying to, you know, put some out there that they really wanted to get into, um, you know, that was also somewhat natural. So it was kind of a twofer to kind of, right. you know, be a steward of the land as best you could, but also, um, foster good habitat and feed for the birds. Yep. Um, so yeah, really, you know, early eighties, um, really having a lot of people seeing what he's doing and having an interest in, Hey, you know, what are you planting? What, what are the birds eating? What are you, what are you finding in their, in their gullets and stuff? And, um, you know, got into, uh, you know, planting some sizable acres and, uh, pond development, um, and putting in things like, uh, you know, wild mill- millets and smart weeds and things that already were kind of naturally growing out there um, here in the, you know, grass seed capital of the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, just basically saying, all right, well, instead of just going out and getting it growing on its own, let's let's put in some real acreage and, and offer this uh, to the public um, as well as advising on you know, what, what's working good here in the Valley. And then that, you know, really spilled down into California up into Washington. And the the word kind of got out that, um, birds were getting into this stuff and, you know, we're all the way across to the East coast now, all the way up to Maine, down to Florida, um, Midwest. I mean, these products are, you know, they go across the board and can grow in just a, a crazy amount of different climates. So it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. We do have a great growing season out here, uh, Mm -hmm. in Oregon. Uh, we are the grass seed capital of the world. If nobody does know that we, we actually are like, uh, yeah, (laughs) like, like all the seed gets cleaned. It gets sent here. It gets cleaned. It gets packaged and it goes out like, like this is, and it's grown. So Mm -hmm. there is a ton of seed, uh, industry here. You know, yes. so mm-hmm. so folks got to understand, uh, you know, you guys are catering to everybody. Now, you guys, sure. you know, this isn't listen, this isn't the place where you go and buy your corn. OK, these guys, mm-hmm. you know, are native, natural waterfowl and upland foods like we're talking about hot foods, foods mm-hmm. that the birds are into. Um, so. You know, maybe run into. I mean, we could we could get right into it as far as what you guys offer because, listen, mm-hmm. the, the the catalog itself, the catalog itself, and what you guys have, is, is like staggering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys have, 
an incredible amount of stuff to offer. And obviously, certain places, you know, uh, are, you know, grow certain things certain times of year. Like, so every place is going to be different. Mm -hmm. But if I had to, if I had to ask you, what would be the number one uh, seed that could just about grow anywhere? Mm -hmm. What what would it be? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's definitely going to be our wild millet. Um, some people might know it uh, as barnyard grass is another name for it. Sure. And, um, you know, that's that's a literal throw it on the mud and 60 to 80 days you got one of the most killer bird crops uh you can get um with little farm experience um right it volunteers back really well each year so you know if you get a night in that first year you might not have to go in and seed for three four five years right maybe just some touch-up seeding you know yeah. type of stuff that um and it does create a, a, a lot of seed. It, it has a lot of food uh, mm -hmm. value. It it definitely generates that. Uh, the the only thing the only thing about about the wild millet that I don't like eventually, you know, is early season. It is hell on the dog's eyes. Yeah, that is mm -hmm. that is the only drawback of that. Other than that, I mean, the seed is, I mean, it is everywhere. You know right, what I mean? Right. I mean, it yeah. is absolutely everywhere. And like you said, mm -hmm. it does come back with a vengeance. You know what I mean? The yeah. next year, like it is, there's no doubt that that is very, very good. I will tell you that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of, you know, that early season, you got those ripening heads that yep. are still in different stages of ripening. And when it is ripe, it, sh you know, it shatters off onto the ground. And so, you know, as you, as you get into those, you know, three, four weeks into the season, you know, 90 to 95% of that seed is down on the ground, yeah. hopefully out of the, you know, way of the dogs and stuff. And then also we see that as a real advantage because they're not, you know, capable of just landing, stripping seed heads and, get, seed heads and getting out of town. They're, yeah. they're dabbling down. They're going, hey, and there's food down here. I don't know when I have it completely cleaned out. You know, they leave and, and tell their buddies and come back and say, you know, we got some more food down here. Uh, keep dabbling away at it, type of stuff. So, now the the yeah. thing that the thing that we you know the thing that we do um, at our place is is we do you know we do a fair amount of corn. We've tried different uh, corn mm. varieties. Uh, yeah. We we have we also do the millet, uh, and we also I'm looking at everything, and I and I mm -hmm. think I think I want to say it's the the prostrate smartweed um is that more of a wild a, a very wild smartweed or what is that one like yeah so the we have two different varieties of smartweed we offer we got the pennsylvania smartweed yep. yep. which is really the more uh abundant one that you see naturally growing it's actually considered native gotcha um and then the prostrate is just it's a, a slightly different variety that's a little quicker growing it's about you know 60 to 65 days where the the pennsylvania smartweed is about an 80 day um essentially when it boils down it's same same type of food value but um it does have that little bit shorter growing season so is one you know, guys go ahead go ahead go ahead i'm sorry oh no i was just gonna say for those guys with a little bit tighter growing windows higher altitudes you know they might get a uh an earlier frost they're really trying to hit that 60 to 70 day growing season window gotcha. that prostrate is an excellent one is is one of the smart weeds do they grow taller than the other uh I, i'd say the pennsylvania might get you know about a foot taller um it's a little bit more vigorous i would say overall gotcha um but they're, they're really close and a lot Dependent on some of the growing conditions as it, well. So, so what do you think would be native for me up here? Would it? Would it? Because because we don't even have to plant smartweed anymore, mm -hmm. or the millet. To be honest, like it comes back, like the the corn will grow, okay, mm -hmm. and obviously we'll irrigate and do the whole thing, and then I don't have to plant anything else because 
the smart weed grows in between the rows of corn, and mm-hmm. then the millet, I, I, I rough out, obviously, like a kill hole with nothing in it, and the right. smart weed is right back there, and so is the millet every year, and it's just like, it's just like I planted it. It's insane the amount mm-hmm. of different varieties that I have coming up on my place, and it's been a wetland for, you know... It's it's older than me, you, and everybody. You know, listen to this. It sure. really, truly is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a great point on that um, coming up with the corn, because um, I got a lot of guys that are kind of discovering that. They, a lot of guys call it dirty corn. Right. Um, where in the past, you know, you, you get is it round, you know, Roundup ready corn to be able to keep pristine corn, but really for food plots, you want that kind of intermingled undergrowth foods uh on in the rows with the corn i just think that's a huge advantage listen yeah listen when i tell when i tell folks and and i say listen we get like double triple crops of stuff going out here they look Mm -hmm. at me like sideways they're looking at me like what are you talking about (laughs) and and i'm saying listen i have i have corn going i have natural smart weed and natural millet coming up in between and I mm-hmm. said, this is like by the time October 1st hits, this is it is a jungle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you you almost can't get through it. Right. And and it is without a doubt incredible because, you know, listen, when the birds start at the beginning of the season and we're not in cold weather and we're not going, they don't mm-hmm. they don't need a hot food and and we're going to get into those in a minute like they don't need such a hot food at the start you know so Mm -hmm. they're into you know the millet they're into the smart weed they're into the seeds they're into the you know the stuff that's not as carved up you know Mm -hmm. and and burning hot for them like they need when it's colder out and later in the season when they're you know when they're grinding and flying and needing more nutrients and needing everything like they just don't need it at the beginning so Mm -hmm. so they end up you know beating up the millet and the smart weed early in the season and then they just progress right into you know the corn and everything else we have going so you know and and what i have noticed is late season and even after the season and and listen anybody that has a place i don't care who they are we we feed more birds than we shoot if anybody out there (laughs) is saying they shoot more birds than they feed they're full of it Okay, because right. it, it ain't happening. I don't care what you do. It, it's not happening. So mm-hmm. I notice that later in the season when it's almost done and then after it's done, I'll drop the water out because I can control the water. I'll drop the water out and all that seed is exposed, everything that was left over. And, you know, I'm feeding birds here and you know how long the birds stay here. You know, mm-hmm. I'm feeding birds with seed that's left over and sediment on the bottom and everything that's settled for, you know, two, three months after the fact, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. you know, there's a there's a lot to say for those, you know, smaller, you know, less hot foods, let's call it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. So. Oh, yeah. So if I had to, and, and, and guys could jump in anytime and, and, and shoot me, you know, I'm watching to see who, who asked what, if anybody has any uh, details, and you could always just email Chris, or mm-hmm. I could get you in touch with them, or you could just shout out here if you have any questions. So if if I had to pick, like, let's pick a couple items that uh, that guys might ask, like, what is the shortest growing, you know, day-wise mm-hmm. seed that you guys have? Yeah, the, the shortest growing, I'd have to say, is uh, we have a short variety of barley, and it's a, it's a right-on-the-nose 60-day barley, and it's, um, I mean, it just shoots right up. It, and the nice thing about it being a shorter variety is that, um, you know, you, you picture a barley, a regular barley field being two, three foot tall or even more, and, right. and, and being kind of um overwhelming uh for the birds but these are you know foot foot and a half tall um you put a foot of water on it you got a bunch of seed heads right at that you know zero to six inch mark right at the water line they're they're feeding in it and you can also you know leave it dry uh for the geese Um, right they they feel a lot more comfortable landing in something that short they can see over it and have the security of feeding in it 
um, more than a you know big daunting tall field of uh, standard barley. Now is so that say, is yeah, that the poco? Ahead. Is that the poco or that's different? Yeah, that's the poco barley. Awesome. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. I have heard a lot about that. I've never I've never tried that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did. Uh, uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through, and so I've got a couple more questions. But go ahead, keep going. I got some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So kind of followed closely um, is we have uh, an early uh, spring pea is what we call it, and it's um, it's a it's about a 60 to 65 day pea, and um, you know you if you want to do like a killer short short growing season combo you could do a pea and poco barley oh yeah um, combo to put out there again not getting too terribly tall lots of good feed um that's gonna last you either flooded um or left dry or dry right right yeah yeah that yeah. i think the peas would be killer dry mm -hmm. i just mm -hmm. think that would be that would be just sick um so tell me one thing about when i when i come through i always see the sedan grass I always yeah. see that, and I've never, I've never tried that. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody had just sent me a. Um, it's so funny. Like one of the other Duck Club guys that's that's out on Savi Island, which is out here in the management area, sent me an email, and and I, t I I totally passed. It was so funny that we were just talking about doing this, and I passed your mm -hmm. info on to him, and I said, I said you need to look into sedan grass because he was he was saying, hey, I want to get something that maybe has, you know, like some cover maybe mm -hmm. has some some food value and that was the first thing that came to mind and, yeah. and am i right on with that because that's what i've heard about that i've never done it yeah yeah sudan is is one heck of a tall crop right and it's got a real it, it's one of our stockier crops right so it's gonna give you uh some more lasting standing kind of rank cover as you get into the season and it definitely produces a ton of feed Right. Um, again, it's one of those kind of crossovers. You can flood it. The ducks will get in it. You can leave it dry. The upland birds will get into it. Um, I have a lot of guys that, you know, they want to spruce up the grass around their blind. And so they're maybe That's, not going so yep. much for food, but just some, some cover, but it's nice to have that food there anyway. That's so totally that's what he wanted. Yeah. That's totally yeah. what he wanted. He said, I want some cover. He said, if it has, if it has any food value, I'm okay with that, but I'm mm -hmm. truly, truly looking for the cover. And I said, man, I've heard, I've heard that over and over again. So yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is definitely uh, something that guys need to look into. And, and what's mm -hmm. the, What's the length as far as growing season on that? Is that is that a long one, or that's not too bad, is it? Yeah, it, it's a little bit longer-winded than some of the other ones just because it is such a bigger plant. Right. Um, it kind of draws itself out a little bit. But the nice thing is is that it's, it's somewhat um, drought-resistant in a sense um, that it's got such a deep root system that it'll go chase water. It's pretty you know, tough. Foot, foot and a half down. So yeah, if you, yeah. if you get it planted a little bit later than you would have liked into the, you know, early summer and it's, you know, not able to irrigate it like you wanted to, as long as you can get it sprouted, those roots will go chase down and you, you'll have something in a hundred to 110 days. Is, is that something that would come back the following year or that's something you got to replant? So that one in particular, um, the seed does not last very well um, gotcha. in, in real wet conditions. Um, some of these more traditional um, crops that are kind of one-and-done one year type stuff, um, that would fall into that category. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, for, the guys who, for the guys who don't know anything about, you know, the, the next thing I stumbled on was, was obviously the short corn and, you know, mm -hmm. If guys don't know their their corn info, you know there's there's usually sixty and ninety day corn depending on you know a couple other variations. If there's like you know there's right. you know there's there's a, a fair amount of varieties of corn you could put in, and you guys are doing the mm -hmm. short corn, which is like a sixty sixty seventy day, isn't it? Y yes. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. And that yeah, one's and just your typical you know it's going to go anywhere up to four or five feet right it's not yeah. a full on field corn that's right. just massive that's 12 feet. Why we, sure yeah and that's kind of why we picked that one yeah um not only is it a, a smaller you know growing window for guys that don't want to do the you know 90 days of irrigation and right 
and trying to baby that thing through its life. You know, right. it's 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 up and it's got ears on it in 60 days um, with, you know, maybe just one irrigation. Um, and then, you know, the height, we really see that as an advantage as well. If, if you're planning on flooding it anyway, you're able to put a couple feet of water on four to five feet corn. Yep. Um, you know, you're putting it more at beak level than them having to, you know, go circus act and, and grab it six, seven feet out of the air type of stuff. So. There's no doubt. And if you could, if you could manage your water and this is, mm-hmm. you know, this goes for any of the, any of the crops, if you could manage your, your water height and your water depth, you know, you can, you could make your crops last longer mm-hmm. and, and still, you know, feed an incredible amount of birds and keep them coming back and, and, and still keep shooting a lot of birds. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you, you know, I've seen the perfect storm where, you know, all of a sudden the water level is right at, at the food level. And, mm-hmm. you know, we take a major hit, you know, cause they're sure. night feeding. So, uh-huh. so yeah, I mean that, <laughs> yeah. I mean that happens. So if you can, if you can monitor that and make them, you know, I always say make them work a little harder for it. You know, mm-hmm. you'll keep the birds around a little longer, and mm-hmm. and you'll still keep shooting birds, and you know, and you'll get new birds in, and and always keep that cycle going. So you know, that's definitely something else that, you know, that guys should understand about, you know, planting and what they do, and and their water and everything else. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of what we do is is water manipulation and. And staggering of opening up different feeding areas yep. um uh you know if you have that ability and i know that can be hard if you don't have a lot of water control structures but right. for guys that are starting to conceptualize you know maybe developing their their area mm-hmm. and um and how how they would divert water and hold water and open up holes um that's definitely something that's worth its weight in gold up front when you're when you're deciding to do an impoundment there's no doubt there's no doubt mm-hmm. if you can if you you know one of the one of the cooler impoundments I've I've seen uh, through all the years of hunting was um, a place in Idaho. Um, there was a natural irrigation ditch that ran through through the town and through this little area of agriculture and everything, and then ran into the river. Mm-hmm. Well, at the at the tail end before it ran into river into the river was this guy's property. So he built and it weaved through his property. So mm-hmm. what he did, because obviously it had hit everybody else and he was the last one and checked with the water people and everything else. Mm-hmm. All he did was he built his property from the top, from the highest point down to the lowest point, then into the river. And he mm-hmm. He staggered that irrigation ditch through the whole place and through all his ponds, so yep. so yep. he could he could divert the water into the top one to start, and as he would work his way through the season, would work his way you know towards the river, mm-hmm. and and if he left everything open, then everything was open. Then he just you know open wide open and hunt all the all the right. all the areas, but. Mm-hmm. It was as slick as, I mean, if you have that opportunity, that's just ridiculous yeah. because he had, he had a fresh place to hunt and fresh food like every three weeks. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And, and it's just, it's a huge, you know, and the birds are still hitting the old, you know, the old spot because there's still food. Like they, they never get eaten out. He had so much food. So right. That's, I mean, that's going extreme and, and you being able to have everything at your hands, but there are mm-hmm. places like that. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's and that's no actually exactly what we do out here. <laughs> yeah. When my grandfather kind of designed the whole thing, he went, you know, designed all the ponds interconnecting with the grade in natural grade of the land and pulling, yeah. you know, water from the top of the Creek and then letting it back in and, um, you know, opening different water at different times and, um, you know, a big part of our, our philosophy out here is we always try to keep a, you know, probably about 30% of the land, um, in habitat or, sure. or refuge. We yeah. have refuges on the, on the property and just how much that impacts birds yep. hanging around, um, is incredible. Oh, it absolutely does. If you can, if you can keep a spot on your place, if it's big enough, mm-hmm. uh, if you can keep a spot that's hidden for them and they can, uh, hide there, feed there, rest there, water there, sleep there, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, 
you will definitely keep more birds around. There's no doubt about it. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that I, I've, I've had on my mind for I don't know how long, um, and I've always wanted to try it, but I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a, a spot. I think I thought I had a spot for it, but I'm not sure. And mm-hmm. and it's the wild rice. Like I really, yeah. I really want to hear about that because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's better than corn. Sure. I don't know what it's better than, but mm-hmm. but I mean, how many places out here have that? Yeah, I mean, wild rice. Um, that is definitely a unique one. Yeah. That we kind of, um, we actually kind of pioneered it in Oregon back in the 80s. That was one of the, the things that we got into. We originally were growing it to process it, to sell it at the store for people. Right. And, um, you know, we, we left some corners of the ponds uh, for the birds. And right. um, they're just hammering it. And come <laughs> to find out f- from some researchers um, that it's just an amazing duck food. And there, there's a ton of it. Um, up in the north, uh, Minnesota, um, oh, yeah. you know, Wisconsin, up into Canada, you know, that's some of the first feed they get into in Canada, um, in the fall. And so it's a real familiar one if they're able to find it down here. Um, so that one's just caught like wildfire in the past few years, really all over, um, the U S but, uh, definitely on the West coast, there's a lot of it, a lot of rice fields, ponds down in California. Yeah. I mean, that's um, loaded. I mean, uh, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody knows that, you know, I'm, I'm sure. thinking about, you know, what, what kind of, and, and this is for everybody else too. Like mm-hmm. what kind of situation do you need? You obviously need, you know, water, right. you know, a place to hold water the mm-hmm. whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So the wild rice is is a really good one for a guy that can't take his water off um or a guy that has enough uh ability to manipulate the water to hold water right on his impoundment through the entire summer because this one is a long-winded one uh, at least for the west coast you know sure. you're pretty much right up at 120 day growth cycle right uh, um, April, May at the latest kind of deal so that you can give it a nice full for so warm weather. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of guys, Hey Chris, I can't, I can't drain my water. It's just, you know, mother nature wants to have two feet of water here all summer. What yeah. can I plant? Yeah. Well, you can take the wild rice and you can throw it in the water and that's thanks for right to the bottom. Um, you know, you got a nice open mud bottom. It takes root, it grows up and, it gets you know, six, seven feet tall, a couple pounds of feed per acre, and it'll come back for each year if it, if you're able to have, you know, that water control uh, right. and that standing water. And so it's a game changer for a lot of guys that thought if they couldn't pull their water off, they didn't really have a lot of um, crop options. And so that's, uh, that's a big one. So uh, how is there a, a certain depth that i need to keep the water at is there you know like how yeah go ahead yeah so wild rice can grow in up to three feet as a maximum three feet of water okay the kind of the sweet spot is like a 16 24 inch um kind of holding at that level um but you know i've had it grow and four to six inches of water just fine right all the way up to that three foot mark you know some of it's dependent on water clarity and um a few other factors but um really you know if you got something from zero to three feet uh that's not completely just blown up with weeds already pond weed or something correct see down to the bottom um you got a real good shot and a real nice rice crop well and just like you said right there like you you can't expect this to throw throw it in a pond that is just full of everything else right right you know you would have to do some you would have to do some cleaning up um Mm -hmm. of the property of the pond itself before you just go like if you just think you're going to throw it in in some you know reed stricken pond and it's going to come up like that's not going to work yeah i mean just kind of the same philosophy of 
of planting your lawn or anything else, uh, any amount of competition that's already there right. that's been there and established is is going to try to bully out any new growth. Um, right. But on the other side of the coin, it doesn't have to be, you know, nuked and nothing growing at all. You just right. have to kind of put yourself in the um, the seed of the seed, so to speak, and right. you, you drop into the water and you want to make it down to that mud bottom. If, and so if it's something that's going to snag it up and suspend it in the water and keep it from going down and setting a root, then you're going to have some issues. Yeah. Um, some of the, uh, like, mixes that you guys sell um, mm-hmm. and, and and you know, the seed mixes, is there... You know, is there one that's, you know, because they're, listen, they're all, you know, and, and I, they're all very good. And I know it also depends on where, uh, where people are, mm-hmm. what their property's like. Like everything is different. It's, it's not even just where you are, it's mm-hmm. what kind of property do you have. I mean, you could be right. in California and have a wet piece of property. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you could be somewhere else and have, you know, a dry piece or this, you know, whatever the case may be. So there's a lot. Sure. There's a lot that goes into this, obviously, what, what kind of property everybody has. But, mm-hmm. but the seed mixes, I mean, I mean, there is everything in those that you could, that you could want. Right. Like I see water plantain, like that is just mm-hmm. a teal. Uh, the teal get into that like nobody's right. business. Mm-hmm. That is like their number one uh, food that I think, <laughs> I think they would kill each other for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know it's like you said it really kind of depends on the region and the what what your uh, species are heavy in you know are you targeting teal for right. teal season right. uh, um, or are you just are you mallard heavy and that's it um, some of it is you know what's your goals are you are you just wanting to are you just want a food plot or do you want to um, sprinkle in some more natives and do some more yeah. habitat or restoration you know because that's kind of the other side of sure. our business is is native restoration and so a lot right. of guys are are real happy to find out that hey you know these are native they're um, something that would already be growing out there the ducks love to eat them they come right. back every year and so there's a lot of just decision making as far as that goes on you know how far down the spectrum of food versus habitat versus something in the middle and then after that it's really how much diversity do you want to um, incorporate uh, into your property yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at one thing right here, and I'll I'll tell you one thing that I wouldn't that I, that well not me, uh, or or I should say just me in my opinion. But there's one thing I would not plant anymore, and that's buckwheat. And it's simply for uh-huh. this reason: the places the places that we would do it, mm-hmm. and it's just our place. The deer would come in at night, <laughs> and literally lay down in the middle of it and just mm-hmm. eat the living hell out of it. Right. right. I mean, and, 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 you know, and you know, our, our blacktails are very, I mean, they are night animals. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. And they, they absolutely have destroyed every buckwheat uh, crop we've ever put in here. Mm -hmm. So that one's, that one's a tough one. It is a great, it is a great food. Like if I could Mm -hmm. hide it from them, there's no doubt it's great. But the deer just rage holy hell on that. Sure. I mean, my sure. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's some of these, you know, they're crossover crops, um, and it's just I've had uh, even the wild rice. I've had a, a couple of goofy stories of a guy watching elk swim out in the middle of oh his pond God. and eat the green shoots of the wild rice as they come out of the water. So it's just, oh it's one of those things. You get all this kind of, you know, it's a food, and they're gonna get it. But yeah, definitely that buckwheat. Um, we incorporate that one into our, our deer mixes just for that very reason. There's, there's no doubt. So, yeah. so like we were talking about, like, like we're talking about the, um, the plantain and, and how the teal like that. So mm-hmm. is, do you guys have, you know, like you were saying, like, what are you targeting? Like, do you have, you know, special mixes and some research to show like, Hey, certain birds like certain foods or they're attracted more to this or more to that i mean i'm just going off of the teal and the plantain just off of what i've seen on our place because Mm -hmm. there is one little hole that i mean you couldn't fall over and drown in it but it has Mm -hmm. native plantain in it and the teal are so thick in there that nothing else even really goes in there but the teal Mm -hmm. just bomb it you know what i mean Uh, so 
if you if you guys if you guys have any research on any of that, I mean, definitely share that because I'm sure guys would want to know. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, I got mallards. You know, obviously mallards sure. are pretty are everywhere and mm-hmm. they eat just about anything. So, right. <laughs> but if there's special things, yeah. you know, on any other birds that you could add, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of like cold hard. This is what their favorite thing is, and I'll tell you why. Is um, I talked to a guy in Kansas and, and he'll swear that, you know, right. his, <laughs> his, uh, you know, widgeon are just pounding this. And then right. I'll say, well, my guy in Kansas said they love this. And, you know, a guy down in, in Cali saying, Oh, you know, they shy away from that down right. here. And I'm right. going, all right, well, and so I think a lot of it is just, is somewhat regional and what are they used to seeing? And, That's right. Um, and so I try, I'm still kind of, you know, as I, uh, as we go through this, uh, uh, day-to-day business of talking to different hunters all over the country, I really absorbing that and really bringing it into a regional, uh, yeah. thing instead of just a, a species across the board type of thing. But, um, there's definitely, I think more we could publish, um, as far as things we've, uh, information we've, uh, accrued through just talking to people. And, uh, that's a very good point. Um, we should probably put a section on the website, you know, so oh, that'd be that, killer. Cause I think, um, yeah, you know, but, but like you said, I, I really do think, you know, I really do think that it is, it is specific to, to the area. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden you, you know, you pop up a barley field, you know, mm-hmm. in the middle of, you know, Montana where the, it's never been. And, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure the birds are just going to, you know, hammer it. You know what I mean? Like if mm-hmm. they've never seen it, they've never been in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, who knows? Like there's, sure. you know, there's no, there's no saying that, you know, there's not one thing for all, you know, all birds or all everything, you know what I mean? Right. So it's, right. a, it's a tough one. It is, and that's why we really kind of are always pushing the mixes and, you know, try a little bit of this, try that, you know, see what the birds are getting into and then really, you know, promote that on your property as you go forward. Um, and also what is what is growing and thriving on your property uh, right. as well as what the birds are getting into. And so that's why those mixes are great. You know, there's a discount already built into them, um, so you're able to try a bunch of different things. Um, with a discount and uh, get that variety and, and knowledge of what's really going to thrive out there. Yeah, because I mean, there's, uh, you know, that's that's a spot where guys can figure out like if I if I get one of them, like say I'm new to this and I'm going to try something, like mm-hmm. I probably you know obviously talk to you and see what kind of property they have in the whole deal. But mm-hmm. I mean, the the great thing might be to try one of those mixes because, you know, they might they might have mallards and pintails and some widgeon or teal and, you mm-hmm. know, and then you get a mix and you see what's growing and and you know the guys can figure out like, hey, listen, the birds are in this, you know, and obviously they're not going to know all the plants, but they could always take sure. a picture and go, hey, listen, the birds are in this heavy. Yeah but they didn't touch this as heavy and they could take pictures and send it to you and you go, Oh, okay. Hey, the birds are in the smart weed heavy and they're mm-hmm. not in the barley heavy or whatever the case may be. And you just go, right. Hey, so next year we need to go heavy on the smart weed or do a whole smart weed mix. And, mm-hmm. and are you guys, are you guys doing custom mixes? If somebody wants something specific or they could just order, like they could order this and order that, or what are, what are you guys doing on that? Yeah, any and all. We we yeah. do a complete custom from the ground up. Um, you know, if you want twenty two different things in it, we'll mix it up right. um, and get and get it to you. Cool. Um, and so yeah, we're, we're none of this. You know, these are all starting points in the catalog. But um, I have I do a ton of custom mixing, um, which I think is great. You know, especially if guys are starting to get a handle on what the birds are really liking or their property, what's really thriving all power to you you know let's let's get what's going to grow best for you out there so well well and listen if the you know if you if you get a mix or you get something and you plant it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't grow well on your place like obviously that's not going to do anything for you i mean there there might be some hit or misses there you Mm -hmm. know what i mean where something doesn't make it where you go hey all the 
you know, all the Sudan grass made it through, all, you know, the barley did, but the smart weed didn't, you know, I, I, the smart mm -hmm. weed always makes it through, but I'm just saying, you know, every place <laughs> is different. So you might be like, sure. okay, so, sure. so now we know your place can't take this, you know, this seed. So let's yeah. move over to here. So, I mean, you know, that's the good thing, you know, and I can't stress enough if, if this is a very, this is a very intimidating uh, conversation and topic because, mm -hmm. you know, guys, uh, you know, uh, there's there's not enough info that they could figure out on their own if they aren't a farmer sure. or they aren't in tune with this. So this is mm -hmm. a very, you know, this is a very intimidating topic, but sure. I, I can, you know, listen, I, I'm just telling everybody, like, you can call Chris and figure something out, like, He's mm -hmm. here to help, and I'm telling you guys, I, I've spoke with them and talked with them. Like you, you guys know what you're doing, and you can dial somebody in very quickly in their place, and and get them the right, you know, thing going. So mm -hmm. I know yeah. guys are, you know, just freaked out, or they just tell the farmer, hey, you know, just plant whatever, or right. you know, or I don't know any better. Like the farmer's just going to mm -hmm. do whatever. He's the one planting, but you know, if if you've had some, you know, up and down years, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know it, I know at my place, I mean, I've, I've watched it, I've hunted it, I've seen, and we've tried, you know, a lot of things. I can't, I can't do the rice cause I can't keep the water on it or I would, sure. but mm -hmm. I've tried a bunch of things and, you know, I know what works, what doesn't work. Uh, but I'm into, I'm not a farmer, but I'm in tune with him and I'm there. So I know what the birds are getting into. Uh, and here's another thing, like, do the birds eat something fast out? You know what I mean? Can they just right. absolutely pillage it and it's gone? You know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like there's certain things that I'm watching that maybe somebody else isn't watching because there's a ton of factors, like just because, you know, just because it grows great. And it produces a lot of food. Mm -hmm. uh, that's great, but if they can get in there, you know, at night and burn you out for a couple of days, and it's all gone, like, yeah. like that's no good either. So, sure. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's there's so many factors. Um, so that's what I'm saying. If if you guys yeah. listening or, you know, go to River Refuge Seed, give Chris a call, email him. You know, mm -hmm. all you got to do is what? Tell you about the place, what you got going. I mean, it's it's pretty easy. You guys will totally, you know, walk somebody through it. Because, like I said, it's mm -hmm. it's intimidating if 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 you've never done it. And and listen, if you have a place that, you know, if you have a place that maybe isn't producing, and you're planting the same stuff, like maybe that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean. Uh uh let's chat about it i mean that's yeah. that is literally why i'm here why i'm here and yeah. uh you know i've gone as far as to type out step-by-step -step planting instructions yeah. growing instructions planting rates you know we want you to be successful um and you know that is really why we're here we want bird production for you um because we want you to have good hunting but we also uh, we're doing this for the ducks and the geese and the waterfowl. Um, that's why we're here. That's kind of number one. Um, we're a wildlife area first and, uh, then we're a seed farm second. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the good thing about it. Like they could, you're a one-stop shop. They could come to you, you know, listen, like, like I said before, when we started, you have, you have stuff for waterfowl upland, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for restoration, uh, for big game, I mean, you guys can do it all and and mm -hmm. and make a certain mix for somebody if they're in a certain area, and yeah. and maybe they know, you know, maybe they know enough about their place that says, hey, I can't grow this mm -hmm. or this, and that'll tip you off to go, okay, I, I have some stuff similar to that, but I have something different that I think will work there. So that's why I said, mm -hmm. guys just need to get in touch with you and figure out how to make their place better, and mm -hmm. there's so, there there's so much information. That I don't right. think, and listen, I, I don't know if there's any other company in the country that does as much as you guys do on the seed side. Um, right. 
I know there's a couple like big corporations that just do like, like, hey, here's our waterfowl mix. You know, right. here's our waterfowl mix. Like, yeah, just mm-hmm. just dump it out and go for it. You right. know what I mean? But that's right. not that's not doing it because mm-hmm. you know you are taking you know you're taking a shot at a mixed bag that you just. I mean, who knows what the hell's in it? I mean, I, I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you, it was cleaned and packaged out here, right? Mm-hmm. So, but <laughs> sure. you just don't know, like, you know, they don't know what's going to grow at your place. They're just taking a shot with the basic, you know, things that will usually grow anywhere. But who knows? It's gonna mm-hmm. if it's gonna make it at your place. So, right, you know, right. get the facts, get the details, and mm-hmm. and try to make your place better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great point, you know, on those kind of commercial mixes. Um, there could be 15 different things in there, and right. you, you might call corporate and, uh, you know, be able to talk to a salesman. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm boots on the ground running the combine. That's right. I'm, I'm pulling the plow. I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I'm out there seeing this stuff grow, and, and I'll tell you if it's going to work or it's not for you, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, they're just trying to, they're just trying to sell you, and they're, they're not – like you said, they're listen. The last time those guys had their their boots dirty was never, you know right. what I mean. So I mean, I've been there. I've been there. I've yeah. seen that. I've worked for companies like sure. that and seen seen the side of the uh, seed business. And it's just like, you know, listen, you know, it's just a generic pack that, you know, you might get something to grow out of it. But I can mm-hmm. tell you, it'll be it'll be very spotty. You know sure. what I mean? If your place is sure. is is even a little bit difficult to grow something. Mm-hmm. Your your plot will be so spotty because there's there'll be a couple things that grow, and mm-hmm. there there'll definitely be a handful of stuff that is not going to grow, and you're right. going to have big open patches. There's no doubt. Well, and you you might want to know what are those two out of the fifteen that did right. great, right? And you know, send me a picture. You know, I'll tell you, <laughs> it's this and this. Let's make a, a combo fifty fifty mix of those, right? And get some solid feed in there next year. You know, that's what I'm saying. You guys yeah. can dial them in. Mm-hmm. And and get them to where they need to be, so they are successful. Because you know, listen, the whole thing about it, like I said at the beginning of the show, we 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 hunters are conservationists as well. We feed more mm-hmm. birds than we kill. There's no Absolutely. doubt about it. So, I mean, we wanna we wanna maximize our place, so we have the most amount of food so the birds are good they 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 charge up they come through they move on and we're helping them and you know mm-hmm. you know i mean that's the whole that's the whole point of all this because listen we'll we'll never shoot more than we'll we'll feed so we just got to right. keep doing it but everybody's got to do their part and and step mm-hmm. up and I, and i think there's been a a general push for you know more people planning more people doing stuff yeah. uh but I just think they're just so focused on the corn that, mm-hmm. you know, they don't take their eye off the ball. And there's so many other mixes and so many other seeds that mm-hmm. that provide a value. Because if you just plop up a cornfield um, and and you got warm weather, which we've been we've had a bunch of warm weather, like mm-hmm. the birds aren't going to touch it. They're going to overheat for Christ's sake. Sure. You know what I mean? They're not going to. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to eat it, but they're. You know, I don't know how crazy they're gonna they're gonna be in there. So, sure. mm-hmm. uh, so I mean, we'll listen. I, I think you guys got a great thing going. I don't like I said. I don't know if there's anybody else even in the country that does anything that you guys do. It is very specific. Uh, y- you are doing one absolute focused thing and right. product. You know, to help mm-hmm. guys you know, get their places right. So if anybody's out there that thinks about doing this or wants more info, hit up Chris. Chris, it's River Refuge Seed Company. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the way you just look it up. It'll go right to them. You could read all about it. You could look at the stuff and, and see what you think will work. But all you got to do is email or call Chris. And like I said, it's like, you know, it's an intimidating process. But, you know, you guys are really good at what you do and you're trying to help. So And you're not trying to yeah. sell them something you know, that's not going to work. That's the good thing. This isn't a car dealership. You know what I mean? No, (laughs) no, because that does nothing for us in the end. Right, right. Um, Except get us maybe a bad review. I mean, we want, we want good uh, food production and habitat and we want you to, you know, be seeing birds. So that's what there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Well, good. 
Uh, perfect, but I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I appreciate you jumping on and talking to me and, and going through, you know, listen, crap. I had a million questions too. You know, I'm no, sure. I'm no, I'm no farmer. I'm just, I'm just trying <laughs> to do, you know, uh, the best that I can at my place. And, and the thing mm-hmm. is, you know, we've, we've been through enough at our place to, you know, figure out what works, what doesn't work. I haven't tried everything, but I think I got mm-hmm. a fairly decent mix now, you yeah. know, so if everybody does that to their place and gets it dialed in, everybody will be better off. There's no doubt the birds will be better and, and everything. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there, yep. is there anything else you guys you want to plug or talk about or anything that comes oh, to mind? Yeah, not, not really. I, I just want to say, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on here and uh, love everything you guys do. But yeah, just the opportunity to come on here is, uh, uh feel uh, very blessed to have that opportunity so thank you for that oh no worries and um you know uh it's not too late even right now i mean right. we're just getting into um kind of prime planting for about 90 percent of the things that we offer so exactly if you're feeling like oh I mean, did i miss the window or anything like that no way you know we got yeah definitely here on the west coast all the way till about the beginning to middle of july at least yep. um to get some crops and so if you're yep. if you're on the fence uh, about it being maybe too late or you're, you can't get your water off quite yet or whatever it is um you got plenty of time so give me a call yeah yeah as long as i get it in by the fourth of july that's that's my marker every year mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yep, exactly so, i yep. mean if, if, <laughs> if i'm in before that i'm safe so i mean everybody's got to know their everybody's got to know their deadline you know what i mean but like you said we're we're at the peak right now which this is perfect timing for you know getting everything in getting going and if you got mm-hmm. questions and if you, and this is a great opportunity if you want to try something different like go for it like yeah. you, you know you're not going to know something unless you give it a try uh, sure. especially if you know especially if some numbers are down especially mm-hmm. if you're not seeing you know the birds are in your area but they're not hitting your place like or you know everybody's got corn or everybody's got something and they're night feeding or they're all on a you know the same schedule like do something different yeah you know yeah Yeah. that's the only thing that might throw them a curve and you know they might hit it so yeah i mean everybody's looking for an edge and i think Mm -hmm. this is one of the things that you know isn't isn't pressed hard enough like i said Mm -hmm. there's not Listen, there's 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 not a hundred seed companies doing this. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, sure. I mean this is mm-hmm. a huge deal. And yeah, you can go down to your seed place and get a couple things or get corn or get this, but like I said, this is all you guys do. So mm-hmm. right. you know, I'm not gonna go buy paint from a guy who makes glue, I'll tell you that. So <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. like get get with the program. So sure. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. All right, Chris, if anybody emails me, I'll send them right to you. Uh, If you guys want to look online, River Refuge Seed Company, go to Chris, talk to him, look at some of the stuff they have. And like I said, if you want to try something, now is definitely the time to get it in the ground and see what happens this fall. So Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Awesome. All right, Chris. All right. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, and uh, stay safe, and I'll talk to you. Sounds good. Okay, thanks. thanks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bye. All right, so that's Chris, River Refuge Seed. Um man just without a doubt i'm telling you one of the most underrated things uh i think in our in our industry and what we have going on like those guys are without a doubt legit and just beasts when it comes to information and knowing uh properties seed dirt what's going to grow what's good for your place what's happening like they Man, they got it. They got it dialed in. So I'm, and, and I'm. That's crazy. I'm so fortunate that those guys are right here by me. So <clears throat> it's the FA podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. I, I just got a text from Joe, who's a biologist in uh, in Michigan. Joe, Joe. Uh, yes, Joe. I will take you up on your offer and get you on the podcast so we could talk talk about duck and goose biology and uh, and see if there are certain things. Maybe you can clue. Maybe you can clue us in on, you know, what birds like, uh, if they're targeting certain specifics. I know you have tons of data and tons of research. Joe's been doing this a long time uh, and a long time friend. So I, I definitely will reach out to him and get him on so you guys can get some, you know, some true uh, facts 
on waterfowl and we could we could run up and down on that because joe's a talker too so we'll definitely we'll definitely get him on i think that's a that's a plus and what to do <clears throat> if there's anything you guys need you could hit us up uh make sure you you know check out all our partners make sure you hit up our uh social media sites uh you you know go on uh, instagram and uh, like us there, get us on Facebook, follow us there, follow us, like us, like us, follow us, the whole the whole thing. The YouTube channel, we're throwing stuff up as fast as we can. There's a ton of new products coming, so we're, man, we're, <laughs> we're so close. We're so close to having a pile of new products here, and I am, I'm ridiculously excited. So I cannot wait for you guys to um, see everything that's coming us coming and and just like I, I can't wait so it's coming um big shout outs to uh benelli like i said i'll throw another uh thing up on facebook uh and instagram this week because i just got the new sbe threes uh which i can't wait to get my hands on <clears throat> and also um my guys at federal uh and everybody else that 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 partners up with us including my buddy rob up at ranchland outfitters just talked to him last week and everything is looking good up there in alberta for this fall and looks like the borders are getting a little opened up and should have no no issues heading up there this fall so that's a great thing uh and you know the cases are down of everything and the virus so we're 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 slowly getting there so we're we're working on it, and uh, and of course, shout outs to everybody else that's that's kind of been local and and always part of the program, no matter where I've been. And that's like Camp Chef and Pattermaster and uh, Loophold and Benchmade and my buddy Anthony Benchmade and and Alex at uh, Gun Dog Outdoors. So lots of cool people associated with uh, <clears throat> a lot of cool people associated with FA, and uh, we appreciate that. And uh, it's all good for today. All right, we'll have another one coming up in either another week or two. Um, make sure you check us out on our YouTube channel, and all the uh, podcasts are up on all the platforms, uh, Apple and everything else. So just search it up, and it's Final Approach, okay? Appreciate you listening. Thank you. It's Final Approach.